It's What's the up, it's the first podcast that duelists have ever heard. <laughs> it's the number one podcast for all duelists everywhere. What's up, guys? It's the Duelist One Hundred One Podcast. This is Zach. We are here with Mason, who's trying. <laughs> I'm just messing yeah. with you, buddy. Mason, no, how are okay. you today? <laughs> I'm doing okay, Zach. How are you doing, man? I'm doing all right. Doing all right, Mason. Can you tell us what we're talking about today? Ooh, so today is kind of a kind of an interesting one. Uh, we are going to kind of put together our own uh, tier list, if you will. Um, a lot of these podcasts have been really cool in that we get to talk about um, a lot of the things that we can learn about the game of Yu-Gi-Oh and and how to apply them in a competitive sense. But that doesn't always translate to you know what is the current picture like. So we thought it would be cool to, um, especially right before the next ban list drops, hopefully it's the best time to do this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Before the entire format's shaken. Um, <laughs> hopefully. Yeah. We wanted to uh, kind of talk through um, some different archetypes that we think uh, stand out in the modern competitive game, along with some that may fall due to the ban list or some that are definitely rising and they are brand new releases. Um, to the tcg so we thought that would be kind of cool so hopefully you guys enjoy it zach anything to say before we get into this i got nothing in particular let's get going let's do it All right, guys. Welcome back. And of course, we're back. It's Duelist 101. No, nothing changed. It's the same podcast. I know it's shocking to all of us <laughs> around the world. Um, so All of us? <laughs> like so, 10 different countries. Is that crazy? <laughs> Literally, we're on Spotify Wrapped. Y'all check it. Woo! We're there. All right. <laughs> so what we're talking about today is our own versions of tier list. And one of the most important things about our tier list is that we are not qualified to make up our own tier lists. That is completely correct. Now we're just going to go and talk through these and just kind of exchange ideas. We'll tell you guys what we think and you guys let us know if we are just completely wrong. That's fine. It doesn't hurt our feelings. So maybe a little bit. It hurts a lot. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just been a hard thing. It's been a hard time. I had a sixth grader dresses me today and he wore a t-shirt to school because apparently I wear t-shirts to school as a teacher and I just the disrespect. That's a true thing that happened, guys. So I've... <laughs> All right. So, we're going to start off uh there's sort of the easy pickings uh tier and that would be tier 1 in the form of a couple of decks. We have one virtual world. <laughs> virtual world has a few tools at its disposal. Zach, you want to tell us about them? Yeah, so Virtual World, um, the sort of whole thing, the shakeout of the deck, first of all, it, it really is a pretty neat deck. It, it does a lot of really incredible stuff. It's easy to do synchro nines and all that kind of stuff. And for some reason in the XZ world, the rank nine engine is so large for no reason at all. Pretty sure uh, it's just trains. <laughs> well it's it's very good trains. rank 10 has a lot of trains too and i love it those do. those are it fun do. um but with virtual world the whole problem with it right now is that it creates a true king of all calamities and the crazy part is that it can create two of them not just one 
And so people to be are clear, stuck. that's it. That's in one turn. That is not just <laughs> right. It's not just over the course of the game. They yeah. might create two. It's they can actually do two in one turn, and they can do it over and over and over and over again. So it becomes mm-hmm. a real problem on that. Um, it's real good. It's a really good deck. It plays around a lot of stuff for free, even like mm-hmm. Nibiru and stuff like that. People just don't know the deck well enough yet. They don't know when to say, "All right, Nibiru," because mm-hmm. it is a combo deck, but. Yeah. since yeah, we don't know, know what to do with it we're just stuck and so anyway after that on the list we have dragon link mason <sighs> tell us about dragon link so dragon link is an interesting little pick because um you know we're praying that lp gets hit um but dear baby jesus <laughs> dear baby jesus there's a dragon card child of mary a small piece of cardboard that's right necessary to be taken out back mm-hmm. and beaten like your not. boy jet synchron <laughs> we do not Thanks. endorse we do not endorse the abuse of cardboard here we don't unless it's necessary. <laughs> <laughs> no so dragon link is an interesting uh deck because they do so much um Generally speaking, what they want to do is, I mean, clearly set up a lot of dragons. And I swear to you, it's like they play with their entire deck in front of them every single time that they play. Um, but they just have so many tools. There have been uh, years of uh, dragon support. So, I mean, the tools that they have at their disposal in order to, A, prevent hand traps like Nibiru, two, to just deal with the cards like ash blossom uh pretty pretty well um they just have an absurd amount of uh of ability in playing around hand traps and then setting up boards through them uh to the point where you'll probably face down at least four different uh negates two of which are likely omni negates which means spell and trap um and just right yeah no for sure um So generally, whenever you hear like negates, it's talking about monsters, but uh, this include, these Omni negates include Spell and Trap, which makes it that much more difficult to deal with. So overall, um, at least like five po- pieces of interaction based off their turn one board. And if they're going second, they'll just deal with every single negate you have, run you over, and then set up their own board through it anyway. Right, and the amount of extenders they have in the form of the World Legacy Engine is stupid. Yeah, it is absolutely garbage, garbage, yeah. if you will. Got a barge, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's pretty insane. So Dragon Link uh, has stayed up there, even though there's probably less people playing it now than there used to be. It is still just as powerful. Um, Zach, I'm gonna pass the next one to you. Um, next up in tier one, Infernoble Knight. Right. So Infernoble is just man, it's good. And it's good. We, uh, a little story time. We went to our locals one time and we had a buddy of ours that was playing the most meta relevant deck of the day in the form of dinos. And he loved it. He thought dinos was the best thing ever. And it was because he, he kept playing me and his brother who both <laughs> aren't good at Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> and so he would beat us pretty regularly and I just didn't have a good out to, and it was dumb all the time. And so, anyway, we went up to this locals, and there was this one dude that was playing Infernoble that day. Absolutely wiped the floor with my buddy. And it, 
I, I laughed a little bit. I can't lie. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious for him to finally get beat. But it's, he's still a very good player. He has already promised me he will smack me with heroes as soon mm. as he gets, like, one more card in or something like that. So, yeah. anyway. So what are the strengths of Infernoble? Infernoble is crazy cool because it rips cards out of your opponent's hand. It's a hand loop. It's the modern day one. So used to, in the history of Yu-Gi-Oh, uh, Mermails was the way to go if you wanted to hand loop your opponent. It was a water deck. And you, if you take all the cards out of your opponent's hand, usually, even though some cards get advantage off being in the graveyard, not all of them get that big of advantage while being in the graveyard. So yeah. that being the case, it really, really hurt a whole lot of people's strategies. And so Infernoble is the modern day version of that, especially since they can use smoke grenade mm-hmm. of the thief. So ridiculously. And so yeah. hopefully that gets banned. And yeah, Infernoble, it really is a cool deck. Uses the Noble Knights and Infernoble Knight. It's, it's a cool deck. Yeah. And I mean, just something else, like that is ripping cards out of your hand to where you might have like two to try to play your turn mm-hmm. um, alongside playing through like three four negates which is near near impossible yeah it is it's a stupid deck (laughs) yeah and i'll take the next one uh invoked dogmatica is uh probably our last like together pick that we had for tier one um and so this deck is probably one of the cooler like i'm gonna say this loosely control-ish strategy really and truly it's like Alistair Turbo alongside the Dogmatica stuff. Just like every other invoked deck. <laughs> just kill me. Uh, just um, <laughs> no, I, uh, but no. So the thing is, the deck is extremely powerful in being able to control the board, especially with cards like, oh, shoot. Um, I mean, honestly, Alistair just does it for the entire, for the entire strategy because it just recycles itself over and over again. And then through all that time, the Dogmatica side is able to rip cards out of your extra deck. Um, so it makes it extremely difficult to play there. But I think that's, that's what we got for Tier 1. So let's move on to Tier 2. I'm going to start this off. Go for it. The Phantom Knights. <laughs> no. <laughs> and Zach and I kind of disagreed on this, but... Um, but I think the Phantom Knights are finally a deck that is worth playing and I think fits well, at least in the middle of the Tier 2 range. So, I mean, I'll point out some of its strengths that, and Zach, you can tell me kind of what, why you think uh, this belongs. Probably more in like Rogue Tier 2 or Tier 3 yep. uh, level. Um, the deck finally has a turn 1. Um, before, like, they couldn't do anything and it was not good at going second so i mean honestly the deck sucked but then phantom rage came out now they have all this new support (laughs) i'm sorry buddy (laughs) no you're right um (laughs) so they just do these incredible things going first uh you can set up to at least four negates potentially five uh if you're really really clever about it and then with uh uh, going second, you can just run over your opponent uh, as long as you can play through a few pieces of interaction, which the deck can now functionally do extremely well. So, Zach, why do you think this uh, this deck in particular belongs probably Tier 3? So, PK, I can't lie, it actually is a pretty cool deck. And yes. the, fa- the fact that it finally has a version of a turn one play is so stinking awesome. And the, the deck really does have a ton of built-in extenders and everything like that. 
But at the end of the day, the turn one play still isn't, it's not negation. It doesn't stop your opponent from doing what it wants to do. Um, yeah, you got to be pretty, pretty clever about it if you're yeah. going to. Don't get me wrong. It is still a very, very good deck. But a lot of its plays, like I know to, to get out from, um, excuse me, to get off of Breaksword, your opponent needs to have a card on the field. Yeah, and yeah. So the whole rank up engine at that point sort of gets hurt. Yeah, I, I have seen a lot more people choose to go into Appaloosa at that point instead. Yeah, you'd have to. And like Appaloosa is cool, especially if you can get four material Appaloosa. That's really awesome because then it's chill in there at 3,200 attack or whatever it is and just vibe and living its best life, whatever like that. <laughs> it's, it's going. So that part's cool. And the fact that while the Phantom Knights are in the grave, they do get some really, really nasty effects to run with. But it's for the first turn feels like stall till I can hit. Hmm. And that's not inherently bad, but some decks like the current tier one or, uh, for example, in one of the tier twos that I put, like uh, I put Dinos because... Hmm. UCT has this awesome effect where he just flips everything down yep. and it says your, your turn's done now. It's my turn to hit. <laughs> yeah. and so um, all that being the case, PK is set to start being vaulted up, but I don't think it's there yet. I don't think the tier, the uh, turn one play is quite there, but it, there's a lot of good stuff going on with it. I can't I lie. agree. Zach, you want to take the next one? Yeah, I got it. So, um, I did mention Dinos for a second. I feel like at this point we know what Dinos does. Uh, Misk, that's what it does. <laughs> it, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I'd say Zodiac Double Azaeus or Zeus or whoever the YouTuber is that you listen to most. <laughs> <laughs> How they pronounce it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, Zeus is, is just a house of a card. And uh, any strategy that is able to utilize the Xyz en- uh, engine, you're fine. You'll get it out, and you will destroy your opponent that way. Big time. Um, But I'm not going to spend a crazy amount of time on that. One that is fun to me is Prank Kids. I think that's a fun tier two pick, and that's my opinion. Yeah. And so with uh, Prank Kids, they have so much type of stuff that they do. The downside to Prank Kids, of course, (laughs) is the fact they they fall pretty easy to Ash Blossom um, or Nibiru. I was about to say, Nibiru is probably the, the probably. harder one. Yeah. In any case, Mason, tell me what you think. <laughs> Man, prank kids are cool. Um, but I think MBT uh, phrased it best. He said, in the hands of a good pilot, prank kids looks near unstoppable no matter what you throw at it. In the hands of literally anybody else, it looks terrible. So it's just <laughs> a really hard deck. Yeah. Um, and so I think that has what been what shies a lot of people away from playing prank kids. But there is so much power. A double Raigeki plus, um, like, if you need, um, you know, a Harpies is just absurd. Absolutely bonkers um, and really tough to play through. So, yeah, Prank Kids are definitely up there. I would definitely give them a solid tier two pick. All right. Good deal. Um, Mason, what's your next pick? I'm going to go with uh, Eldlich, actually. So Eldlich is still extremely powerful, and we do see it in, like, I would say, tier one contention with, like, Zoo. Uh, 
Zoo Eldlich, but Eldlich on its own um, has been good, but I would not say just outrageously dominant just yet. But yeah, no, I think I think it's still plenty good strategy. I love the pick of Eldlich. Eldlich is such a cool, con- it's a true control strategy. Like we started to mention earlier, the Dogmatica variant stuff, like start, it can control the tempo pretty well. But Eldlich is a more pure uh, control deck. It's yeah. much more of the Altergeist and Sky Striker and whatever like that variety. And it's, man, it's fun. I've been playing it the past few days because I get bored at school. And so I'll go and just kind of pull out this little uh, EDO Pro Word and up. start playing against the AI just to get some practicing because I don't know what decks do. And yeah. so doing it like this, I can get some practice. And I've played a variant off of Eldlich. Uh, combined with cubics which is just hilarious against altergeist oh yeah oh and yeah so that, that to say it is incredibly powerful that is yeah. cool yeah i think um the other secret slayers piece that uh we can talk about um just real shortly uh at emancipator we talked about it kind of uh, as we were discussing before uh recording um, at Emancipator is now much more of a glass cannon is how I've heard it uh, referred to extremely powerful, very high ceiling, uh, still puts up a couple of negates and all that good stuff, but they, uh, they fall way easier. They don't have block dragon anymore. Neither does megalith, but we'll get to it later, <laughs> man. Um, next up I put a uh, sky striker and this one's kind of tough, uh, because I put a little note beside it. It says pending ban list. So Zach, why is that? So a lot of people are talking about this, whether this happens, I don't know, but yeah. a lot of people are seeming more and more okay with it, with bringing Sky Striker, Mobilize, Engage back, and Engage is a free draw card for Striker. Um, it is incredibly powerful. It's sort of stupid how good it is, but it's the name of the game. It allows you to draw into your deck, and for a control strategy like Strikers, that's incredibly important. So uh sky striker mobilize engage if that comes back that is a great tier two pick until then um at least for my list i have it as rogue yep yep so uh mason um are there any more on your tier two list i think through the rest of these um i do have sub terror which more accurately is guru control just because i mean it's still a good deck um I just don't think as many pl- people are playing it. I love getting to play it. I think it's so much fun. Uh, having a control strategy is a lot of fun. And I like keeping my opponent relatively blind to uh, to what, just what I could have, um, which is a lot of fun. I put Mech Knight here, um, and that's probably my last one for Tier 2. Um, it's just that no one plays it. I don't understand why. It's still insanely powerful. You like, want to know I, why people don't play it? It's expansive. <laughs> it is, it so is expensive. expensive. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, no, it is for sure. So, But I do think that that probably rounds it off. It's still so good. So freakishly good. Um, but yeah, it's, um, I mean, super expensive. And there is a price tag to being good. Sorry about it. <laughs> as far as having good cards you can That's be a good du- you can you can be just like side note side rant for a second um you can be a fantastic duelist um because if you're deck building and your overall execution of whatever strategy you want to accomplish is good you'll make it you'll make it right even if it's not like a tier one strategy listen you just you got this you got this you got this 
it's not impossible to to be good. I know um I know Endemion isn't like uh scaring anybody right now, but um a buddy of mine did pick up Endemion and I played him with Phantom Knights before I knew about any of the support they previously had and I was able to beat him. It was like this weird Phantom Knight Time Thief mashup. Actually super cool. The deck list is up <laughs> on YGO uh Pro Deck. Fun fact. I didn't realize you put that up there. I did. That's why it's there. Uh but it's pretty lit. But anyway, I think that's all I got for tier two, realistically. I I did put heroes here, but yeah, that feels generous. <laughs> so you ready to go into rogue? Tier three rogue, let's do this thing. All right, this is tier three rogue, and it's just a bunch of different ideas. Heroes tops my list if we're gonna talk rogue. Um yeah. It's going second power is almost unmatched. It is ridiculous what it can push through. It mm-hmm. can go and put up these insane number of attack points. Like I played my buddy that started playing heroes and same dude that played dinos mm-hmm. and I'm playing them and I put down, I can't remember the name of the ghost girl that does it, but every time he special summoned a monster, <laughs> I gained attack points. I ended up that one turn with like 17,000 life points. <laughs> Insane. And so he swung and it took him like three more turns to beat me just because I had that many life points. Too good. And I bricked hardcore, so I, it shouldn't be close. <laughs> Glad you had the time. Jeez. Uh. That's right. So Heroes really is good. The problem is they're going first is Dark Law Pass. Yep. Which, Which I mean, Dark Law is powerful, but on a 2400 body, it's not there it is yeah so anyway mason next pick what you got monarch um i've actually picked up this deck because it's uh it's kind of cool and extremely cheap and uh your boy is broke so we we need decks to play um until i can get the phantom knight stuff (laughs) (laughs) so now monarch is super super cool um very very interesting against today's meta specifically so much is extra deck dependent and if you can figure out how to make a solid turn one play every time um you know making sure you can get a tribute summoned monster on the field plus domain it's pretty hard to out yep. pretty difficult to out it's like having a buster lock for you millennials um it's like having <laughs> Mason, <shut> <laughs> <up>. it's uh <laughs> but that it is extremely <laughs> extremely powerful uh zach you want to take the next one yeah dude um next one <laughs> Next one I've got on the list is uh, Medolce. This uh, in the same Medolce manner that Mason, sweet. in the same manner Mason has picked up Monarch, I picked up Medolce because I want to learn how to play some version of a combo deck. Um, I like having some variety in how I play that way. If whatever's in the meta, I can do the opposite thing and mm-hmm. be okay. And one of the best things about Medolce is its removal mechanic in that it shuffles cards away. It doesn't send them to the graveyard. It doesn't uh, bounce back to hand. It shuffles them. And so all of a sudden, you've built this nice, wonderful board, and I'm going to say, nope, put it back in your deck. And Mm -hmm. you're just stuck with that. You don't get to deal with that. And then if I set up all my spell cards the right way, every time one of my monsters would go to the graveyard, I end up special summoning it back and seeing what happens. And so Yeah, makes um, them very sticky. Very, very sticky. So... I, I think it's such a great deck. It's rogue at best mm-hmm. in its current state. Um, the Cali effect did go and put up put up a 
Medolce video a little bit ago, and it actually has some modern day negation type things within its uh, within its form in the form of hand traps. So I'm a fan of it. I think I think it's pretty sweet. So Mason, next pick. Probably. <laughs> Side note: I put Monarch in my list twice uh, in my notes because I forgot that <laughs> I put it the first time. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. Um, I actually put Generator. Um, this deck has been super popular, but like less and less people, I think, are playing it. I don't think it's because it's bad. I just think it's kind of fragile. Um, but whenever you do get your stuff out, it is insane i uh i really like the monsters that they have and the kind of game mechanics that they capitalize on i like their field spell all that i love the concept but i do think it uh it has a lot of room to grow zach you got it i agree with it uh one of our one of our other friends uh, dude i've been talking about his brother we're trying to get him to pick up salmon great that's our next rogue pick um yep. salad's just consistent man and the amount of side um of cyber support that Konami has been pushing out here late, especially with uh, brains going on in the anime world. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, the cyber up recently. The cyber stuff has been coming out in full force in the form of different types of code talkers and other, other varieties of support. So we're trying to get him to pick it up just because it is so dang consistent. And honestly, if some, like some people are talking about Mirage Stalio coming Coming back, I wouldn't be mad at that. To um, be honest, I think it could. I don't think it would change that much. It really wouldn't. So anyway, that's my next pick, Mason. Yeah. Um, I put Megalith here, but honestly, I'm going to kind of skim over it. Black Dragon got banned, so Megalith is still cool, but it's not that good. Right. Um, I do want to talk about Orcus, though. Um, Orcus still bricks. Um, <laughs> and you still get Scrap Golem in the opener. <laughs> freaking every time. Go Fridge. Um <laughs> But uh, I actually brought this out because a little petty part of me uh, wanted to talk about the fact that the Phantom Knights now have a full-fledged deck and they are not simply an engine and the Orcist <laughs> stuff. And it makes me feel real good about myself. So back to you, Zach. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, next pick, we got um, another deck that has some talk about some of the cards coming off is BA, Burning Abyss. Trum. And I would love to see that happen. It oh yeah, BA is a really neat combo deck. I think the art's beautiful. I think it's some of the coolest art in the game. It's amazing. Um, it's it's just a cool deck and has a lot of potential to take some games if you let yeah. it. Yeah, Mason. Um, last one that I have on the list on our little tier list is actually uh, Cyber Dragons. Cydra is probably what we'll refer to it uh, going forward. Cydra is so good going second. Um, but they're how do i say this it's really good going second it's kind of like heroes in that it's uh it's turn one board sucks to be honest yeah um like they're the one good thing about them is the fact that they want to go second mm -hmm. and so although that is powerful in its own right um it is often um not <laughs> not <laughs> ideal um especially in today's meta so right. Apparently they do steal steal games. Apparently uh, Zach was telling me about this um, OTS championship down in Brazil that Sidra yep. actually topped. They got uh, first, I think, is what you said. Uh, top four. Top four. Excuse me. Excuse yep. me. So they did top, um, and I mean that's insane. <laughs> yep. Not expected at all. Um, the last part of this uh, 
this podcast though, we wanted to talk about what's falling off, what we think will fall off based Mm -hmm. on the upcoming ban list and uh, what is rising up. Right. So definitely falling off. Um, This better happen starting with virtual world. Yeah. True King of all calamities needs to get banned. If you don't know what I'm talking about, refer to our last video where I say calamities needs to be killed. <laughs> it's right in the title. It's there. Um, <laughs> after that, um, Dragon Link has been around for so long. Like, I started playing this game about a year and a half ago. Mason put uh, about a year ago. Yep. And so the whole time that we've played over the course of like six different formats, yep. and Dragon Link is still here. So please kill Dragon Link. Please, for all that is good in the world. Dear Konami, we know that you've released a lot of Dragon support. Dearest brethren at Konami. <laughs> That's right. No, just quit. <laughs> please kill Dragon Link. Um, and then um, I think uh, dinos are probably going to be falling off soon, uh, depending on what they do with Miscellaneous Source. Um, basically, you discard this card. Like, I think it's. Mm, don't know if it's a quick effect or not but you discard this card to the graveyard and um it's whenever you do effect. all dinos are then unaffected by your opponent's cards which is absurd they can't even mess with your stuff right so they really shouldn't have printed that card knowing uh the kind of community they were messing with <laughs> and so <laughs> they should know that degenerates play this game that's right they should and we're they gonna should do the worst with it every single time that's except right. dragoon for some reason i don't yeah yeah side note uh dragoon not that deadly here honestly i mean dragoon should be banned just because it cr- it's way too easy to pull yeah. um but honestly it's not that big people are, here yeah people are just kind of playing it that it's like why not uh in this case just because it's free negation yeah it takes two cards to pull mm-hmm. why wouldn't you do it yeah exactly i mean just why not um we also we have some rising stars some decks that we think um are on their way up and up so zach you mentioned prank kids Yes, so Prank Kids had their new Link 1, everything like that. I think it's pretty nasty. Like, Mm -hmm. the whole combo collection that you can make with Prank Kids is just good. Mm -hmm. And it's so stinking hard to stop. It's it's just nice. It works really, really amazingly well. And so I think Prank Kids is on the up and up. Um, There's nothing getting unbanned that would help Prank Kids in particular, but... Their link one, as soon as we get to start playing in paper, I think Prank Kids is a fan favorite enough deck that they actually start getting some representation. 1,000%. I think as people start figuring out more and more, that'd be, that'd be all right. And um, I actually have Drytron as one of our Ooh, rising stars. Yes. Drytron was just released in Genesis Impact uh, last weekend. Mm-hmm. I think, I think um, alongside Evil Twin, I haven't really heard about uh, what people are doing with Evil Twin yet, but Drytron. Um, That's actually being released next week, I think, but the YouTubers got it. <laughs> oh, that makes more sense now. Yeah, but anyway, Genesis Impact is, is on its way, and Drytron is in it. So Drytron um, is a ritual-based 
deck, which is uh, interesting in and of itself. But there is actually a way, uh, based on its um, the way ritual summoning is done, um, as long as you tribute machine monsters with uh, 2,000 attack or more, yeah, like mm-hmm. 2,000 attack, yeah, um, then you are then allowed to ritual summon any monster. Hear me out. Any monster. And let me tell you something. Ritual monsters, uh, the boss monsters, are some of the most broken cards you've ever seen. So... I think that that covers that. Um, no, so um, Zach, is there anything uh, else you want to kind of discuss before we check out of here? Man, I got nothing in particular. Uh, okay. But guys, just let us know what you think. If we missed something major, let us know. We are very <laughs> oblivious people. It's not hard for us to do. And so let us know what's going on. Thank you guys so much for listening. And that's all I got, Mason. All right. Sounds good. Thank you guys so much for listening. Like you said, um, you know, we're excited to get this content out to you. And uh, I mean, let us know if there's ever any questions you guys have about the game in general. Uh, why do we put together a tier list? What's the point? Um, or, you know, how, how do you know that a deck deserves this kind of ability? And we'd be happy to talk to you about it. Um, just contact us, either leave a review in our podcast stuff, or we are on Anchor FM. I don't know anchor.fm i don't know if there's like a way to direct message us through that but um if not we will make sure that's good to go so thank you guys so much for listening we'll see you next time